with you all this morning. Just thinking it might be pouring down rain right now. Just like it let up for us. All right, well, um, I want to get started, so we definitely have some time to do what we want to do this morning. Uh, just heads up what today's going to look like this morning's School of the Word. I'm going to share a few concluding thoughts with us, and then Pastor Peter will join me for some time for uh, Q&A. So we'll have some time for Q&A this morning based on the whole series uh, that we've been studying on how to read the Bible. And then next Sunday, um, it, what we're going to do is we're going to get together for prayer and a time of testimonies as well. So this Sunday is going to be some concluding thoughts, some Q&A, and the next Sunday is going to be a time of prayer and testimonies. So please do write down one sentence, one paragraph, something you can share with us to encourage everybody with on how the Lord has met you in this series. Um, so that, that's the plan. All right, let's pray and, and we'll get started. Well, Father, I pray now as, as we begin to seek to understand your word better, Lord, seek to make it central in our lives. Lord, we ask that you would help us. Lord, we pray for you to fill us with your spirit. Lord, we pray that you would give us the energy we need, the strength we need to do what you call us to do in this time. I believe that as we cover this material, you are going to stir hearts, Lord. You're going to, you're going to put ideas in our minds. Lord. You're going to give us desires to better uh, be men and women of this book, the Bible. Lord, I pray that we would leave here and be doers of what you call us to do, Lord. Lord, you would help us to do what you want us to do. You give us strength. You fill us with your spirit. Lord, help me to clearly communicate uh, your truths this morning. We pray these in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We got your notes there. This is going to be a brief little teaching time. I just want to share some concluding thoughts uh, for us this morning on the whole series all together. Uh, the, the big idea this morning is just right there in your notes is Bible immersion is the most effective method for biblical maturation. Bible immersion is the most effective method for biblical maturation. You think about if you ever made tea, take a tea bag, and if you just were to dip it in the water uh, and pull it out real quick, it's not going to really have a full effect. You're not going to get the flavor of it. Um, no, you need to let it soak in that water. You need to immerse it under and hold it under for it to have the full effect and for you to have a, a decent cup of tea for all you tea drinkers. Uh, and as Christians, we need, to, we need to immerse ourselves in Scripture. For us to, to grow and become more and more like Jesus Christ, which is God's goal for us, uh, we need God's Word. And this morning we're going to talk about some ways that we can immerse ourselves in the Bible. Uh, so that's just the big idea. Uh, biblical maturation is God's goal for each of us, and the most effective way we can participate with God in accomplishing this goal is Bible immersion. That's the thesis, that's the big idea for us this morning. Uh, the goal, being biblical maturation, is found all throughout Scripture. One Scripture is Romans 8, 29. Paul writes, For those God foreknew, He also predestined, why? To be conformed 
to the image of his son. It's, it's God's ultimate goal for you as a Christian. It's, it's uh, Christ-like uh, conformity. God's eternal plan ensures every Christian will be conformed to the likeness of Christ. And in fact, when, when Jesus appears, John 1, uh, John says in 1 John 3, 2, he says, you will be like him. That's, that's our destination. That's where we're headed. Although God will grant us Christ's likeness when Jesus returns, until then, he intends for us to grow in Christ's likeness as we await his return. We are to be holy as our God is holy. We're to be who he's made us to be. Um, which leads us to what every Christian should ask. If that's the goal, here's the question every single one of us should ask. How do we do that? How do we participate with God in this process? How do we, how do we become more like Jesus? What's the most effective means to doing that? Since that's the goal, shouldn't that be considered amongst us? If the New Orleans Saints want to win the Super Bowl, which I'm sure they do, that's the goal, what are they doing? What are they doing right now? They're asking themselves that question. And we know they're, they're training. They're working hard. They're moving towards achieving that goal. And since our goal as Christians is to become like Jesus, what, what do you think our training should look like? I mean, shouldn't we just train ourselves all the more? Shouldn't we be more committed than any other uh, uh, efforts taking place in this world? Any other goals? There's no goal greater than this, to become more like Jesus. And we have the privilege to join God in this process. So what does our training look like? I think we find a clear answer in 1 Timothy 4, 7b. It's there in your notes. It says, train yourself for godliness. Discipline yourself for the purpose of becoming like Christ, as the NASB version says. The, the road to Christ-likeness, to Christian maturity, is the road of spiritual disciplines. And Don Whitney says this, spiritual disciplines are those personal and corporate disciplines that promote spiritual growth. They're habits of devotion and experiential Christianity that have been practiced by the people of God since biblical times. They're like channels of transforming grace. And as we place ourselves in them, grace comes to us, it rebuilds us, it renews us as we become like Christ. And I think there are various different disciplines. Again, the whole premise this morning, I think there are a lot of different disciplines that help us become more like Christ. Uh, committing yourself to come and gather with God's people every single Sunday is a wonderful discipline. We had a time of prayer this morning. Prayer is a wonderful discipline. But what I'm putting forward, I think the most important discipline, the most effective discipline that helps us become more like Jesus is Bible immersion. Uh, because the Bible is God's word, Bible is God's word. I believe that no other discipline is more important than immersing ourselves in God's word in order to become more like Christ. There's a lot of scriptures that back this up. You've heard a lot of them as well. I think 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 help us. It says all scripture, it's breathed out by God. They're God's very words. And it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be complete, complete, that you may be mature, that you grow up, and you become like Jesus. You're equipped for every good work. That's what God's word is, is here for us. And so we're going to talk about how can we make the most of God's word as Christians? Uh, how can we immerse ourselves 
in God's words. I think there's six ways we can do this, and I just commend all these to you. I'm going to go through these quickly, so we'll have some time for Q&A and give you some practical suggestions as well. Um, so here we go. Number one, get ready, fill in the blank, hearing the Bible, hearing the Bible. This is critical that we hear the Bible. I think the most important way that we hear the Bible is through actively listening to the preached word. It's, it's crucial you come and you put yourself under God's word by actively listening to the preached word. Since the preacher is under obligation to say what the Bible says, the listener would do well to hear what is being said. Don't get distracted. Don't get on your phone. Listen. Listen closely. Take notes if you have to. Actively listen to what is being said from the sermon. Uh, we're seeking to say what the Bible says. And so hearing the Bible... It's a discipline we must cultivate, and it's critical to following and becoming like Jesus. Especially in this age of distraction, I think it's important to make every single Sunday count. Uh, don't compromise on a Sunday morning, whether you should come hear the preaching of God's word. It is what we're made to do as people of God. We're to be people of this book, and preaching is God's wisdom. This isn't our idea getting together and saying, hey, well, it might be good if we just taught the Bible or preached it. No, God calls us to, and he calls us as Christians to actively listen. So here's some practical ways you can do that, some helpful thoughts. Uh, these are from Thabiti Anyobwile, uh, and I found his thoughts very helpful. Number one, meditate and study the sermon passage during your quiet time, meditate on that. Whatever the passage might be, it might be a few passages. We're in a topical series right now on fixing your happiness by fixing your gaze. There are multiple passages you guys are getting. You can spend the, the following, following week meditating on those passages, uh, studying those passages. You could even feel free to email the pastors, whoever's going to be preaching. Ask them what passage they're preaching on. A lot of times you know ahead of time if we're going through a book. But I, and I think you can meditate even before you hear the sermon preached. So you just come in ready to listen. I think you can build a, uh, also a, a good commentary set uh, is number two. I think uh, I would encourage you to invest in one of these to read along with the sermons if we're in a particular book. Like we are in Acts right now. We're taking a break. We're in the Fixing Your Happiness series. But uh, we're in the book of Acts as well. And as we preach through that, invest in a good commentary set that you can read along with the sermon. I think uh, the Bible Speaks Today, if you're looking for what's a good commentary set, the Bible Speaks Today, I think, is an excellent one just to begin to build a library with. Uh, number three, talk with friends and family about the sermon after church. You just heard a message, the most... Um, normal thing I think we can do in that moment is talk with friends and family about what we just heard, right? Don't go to different to uh, topics or subjects. You can, you can grab lunch and do this. You can do this while you're standing around after the service, waiting in line to pick up your kids, or however. I wouldn't wait until covenant group. Uh, you could ask these kind of questions. What about the sermon challenged you? What about the sermon instructed you? You can do this in the evening with your family as well. Um, number four, put the sermon into practice. We, we talked about this last Sunday, uh, the importance of application of Scripture. I, I would just choose one or two particular applications from the sermon and prayerly put them into practice throughout the week. All right, that's how you can hear the Bible well. Number two, reading the Bible. This may sound simple. 
How simple is it? Well, let's test it. How many of us have read the Bible every day this past week? Good. It's a challenge. It's a discipline. And it, it must be something that we do intentionally and carve out time for. Uh, Matthew 4, 4 says, man, man shall not live by bread alone, but from every word that comes from the mouth of God. Listen to Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Have you not read? Who would say that? Jesus. He would, he would begin often... Uh, um, interactions with others who had questions about Scripture. I mean, have you not read? So we need, we need to read the Bible. I'm not going to spend much time making the case. I think it's been covered extensively throughout this course called How to Read the Bible. Uh, but these are God's holy and perfect words to us. i got three little practical applications. Um, if you haven't done this, first, guys, just set a time and place. This is so e easy to be overlooked, but it's so important in the process. Set a time and place where you can read the Bible every single day. Uh, if you don't have that, get that. Um, help your spouse get that if, if he or she does not have that. Friends and family as well. Cut whatever you need to cut out of your day uh, to make sure that you have a time and place set aside for you to routinely read the Bible. Second, I would, I would find a Bible reading plan. These are really helpful in terms of just if you're, if you're, I think sometimes a challenge can be when you wake up or, or when you want to spend time in God's Word, just where do I start? Where do I begin? It's helpful to just have a Bible reading plan. You pick up where the plan uh, calls you to pick up, and it can take you through the Bible. I just wanted to highlight one resource. So I've got some of these in the bookstore. Uh, this is an ESV daily reading Bible, and uh, it's really helpful. They've actually um, formatted it in such a way that it follows a reading plan. So page by page, just following a reading plan. You don't have to have bookmarks. So those are helpful if you want to do that. There's a lot of different plans out there. I found this to be super simple. It's a nice little paperback. It doesn't have to be your main Bible, but it can be the one that you definitely just read through. And we've got these for sale down in the bookstore. Um, just a helpful Bible reading plan for us. If you're not reading a plan, but are reading at random. I think there's no better or simpler way than by chapter by chapter or book by book in a purposeful, orderly method. Uh, and establish a routine that helps you guys do that. Get in the Bible. Uh, immerse yourself in the Bible. Read God's Word. All right. Um, oh yeah, one more suggestion. Find at least one word or phrase to meditate on as you read. Take at least one thing you've read and think deeply about it for a few moments. It's better to read less but remember more. It is. You don't have to get through the plan. You don't have to get. It's just better to read less and remember more. Find a phrase. Find a word that you can remember and just think on throughout the day. I'll say more about scripture meditation in a moment. Uh, okay, next one. Studying the Bible. Study the Bible. When we're talking about Bible immersion, we need to hear it, we need to read it, we need to study it. Ezra 7.10 says, Ezra devoted himself to the study of God's Word. He set his heart out to study God's law. I got a quote by Jerry Bridges there. It says, reading, if you're going to read the Bible, reading gives us breadth. Reading helps us get all the Bible into us. Studying, though, gives us depth. It helps us understand the Bible. I think the basic difference between Bible reading and Bible study can be as simple as getting a pen and a piece of paper out and writing down thoughts, jotting down notes. Uh, I, w I wouldn't encourage you guys to just always settle for secondhand thoughts from other people. I think God dwells inside each of us as Christians 
and he's given us his word and he speaks to us through this word and he wants us to to study it and mine for ourselves the riches that are here in this word all right so i think one of the ways you can do this is is get a good bible uh study bible that provides helpful notes and insight into passages and you can use it for cross references you can use it uh, for chapter outlines uh, you know, good study Bibles, they'll have a chapter outline in the very beginning of the book. I would encourage you to, to go through a chapter of a book, outline it yourself, and compare it to, to help you study it. Get the idea of the main argument that the text is presenting. Uh, number two, suggestion, avail yourself to pastors and good books that help you understand your Bible better. Um, we're here for you, and there are lots of good books in our resource center downstairs that are there to help you better understand and study the Bible. Number three, ask study-oriented questions. And I think I've provided those for you. But ask study-oriented questions as you, as you set out to study God's Word. All right, guys, number four, memorizing the Bible. Memorizing the Bible. So you hear me right, I didn't say... Be martyred, said memorize the Bible. Um, I think oftentimes we can think this is so hard and so difficult for us to do. Uh, Psalm 119.11 says this, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. If it's not there, how can we battle our flesh and the enemy with it as our Lord did? Uh, it's not called to mind in those moments. We don't always have the scripture readily for us. Memorize the Bible. Colossians 3.2, set your minds on things above, not on things on earth. Um, until verses are hidden in our hearts, they're not available for spontaneous use in our mouths. Most people think they can't do this, but that's not simply true. You got your phone number memorized? Yes, you got your address memorized? birthday you can memorize you can remember things memorize scripture um I, I think that the book when i don't desire god how to fight for joy by john piper has an excellent excerpt within it about memorizing scripture so um, i've printed those out for you guys make use of that read through that it will help you immensely to uh, do this practice all right number uh, the next one we got meditating on the bible Meditating on the Bible. Meditation on God's Word is commanded by God, and it's modeled by God in His Word. We see the Lord Jesus meditating on the Bible. Uh, this is not to be associated with non-Christian systems of thought like yoga or relaxation therapy or the New Age movement. It, it differs from that in several ways. Um, Christian meditation involves filling your mind with things of God and, and His truth. It's filling your mind. It's not an emptying of mind. It's filling your mind with that. It requires mental activity, and it leads to godly actions. Don Whitney defines meditation as this, deep thinking on the truths and spiritual realities revealed in Scripture for the purpose of understanding, application, and prayer. Deeply thinking on that. It's, uh, as Romans 12, uh, 2 says, renewing of your mind. Renew it. It daily needs to be renewed. It's... Um, Thinking deeply, here's some practical ways we can do this. Uh, number one, identify an appropriate passage. 
you know, where are you in life right now? What's the Lord doing? Uh, what are sins you're seeking to overcome? What are, what are things God is calling you to trust Him for? There are scriptures that speak directly to that. These would be a great place to start, to begin just meditate on them. Select the appropriate passage. I find the Psalms to be filled with rich descriptions of God and what He is like as well. If you just want to meditate on who God is, what He's like, what He's done. Um, wonderful passages in the book of Psalms to do that with. Uh, number two, repeat the passage in different ways. This is helpful. As you just read and think on this passage, repeat it in different ways uh, out loud. Uh, so example, uh, John eleven twenty five. 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Uh, you put emphasis on each word and it, it helps you focus on um, what the Lord is saying. So I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. It just helps you think deeply about each word there and what it's talking about. Um, helps us focus our hearts and slow down on uh, God's word. And so I commend that to you. I think rewriting the passage in your own words is a helpful way to meditate on the Bible. Paraphrasing the verse will help you think about what these words are actually saying. Um, just say this in your own words. To say something in your own words, you're going to probably need to understand what it's saying and think deeply about it. It helps you slow down. So rewrite it. Uh, number four, pray through the text. Pray through it. Take the words of Scripture and use them to prompt your prayers to God. Get a pen and a piece of paper and write down your prayers uh, in response to the Scripture that you're reading. Ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes Incline your heart to see the wonderful things God has given us in His Word. So these are ways to meditate on Scripture. Just some practical suggestions. And lastly, um, and I think this one's critical as well, is, is transferring the Bible. Transferring the Bible. Instructing one another with the truths of Scripture. In Romans 15, 14, Paul says this, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. You understand God's word in such a way that you're able to instruct one another. If you're going to instruct one another, um, very few things like transferring the Bible help us really understand Scripture. We want to take what we're learning and transfer it to somebody else and talk about it and teach it to somebody else. Um, that's when we really begin to say, I need to know what this is saying. I need to understand this better. One of the chief means by which we immerse ourselves in the Bible is through bringing the Bible to bear, not only on the details of our own lives, but on the details of others as well, through personal relationships. And we're to speak to one another in love as and truth and uh, we're to speak the truth to one another in love, as Paul says in Ephesians 4:15. So just a few suggestions for this. Um, keep a journal. I think keep a journal for what God is showing you. Uh, write down what the Lord is teaching you. Could be through your listening to the Bible on Sunday mornings, could be through your personal devotion time in God's Word. And pray about how He would have you share those insights with others. How would He have you encourage one another with what you're learning? From scripture number two go to small groups prepared go to small groups prepared you've thought deeply about what's being said 
Sunday or if you're in a book study, you've thought deeply about what's being said in the book and from God's Word. And you go prepared. You go ready to share. You don't come in thinking, I wonder, wonder what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, I'm just here to receive. No. Go prepared. God wants to use you to encourage. God wants to use you to transfer truth, to bring the Bible to bear on others as well, and not just your own life. And number three, uh, I think just identify friends, church members that are, that are in your life already, just God's brought in. Um, and, and seek to develop an, sort of an iron sharpening iron friendship with them. Um, we, we need that. So who are people that you can, you can begin developing those kind of relationships with where you can sharpen one another? And to sharpen one another, you need to know what the Bible is saying to bring it to bear and transfer it. All right, guys, so I think, it, I think that's Bible immersion. You know, finding ourselves in, in these practical areas of life uh, helps us to helps us to grow in godliness. It helps us to become more like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and that's that's our ultimate glorious goal. It's to look like Him. It's to look complete. It would be very inappropriate if a if a man my age came in with a, a, a baby bottle, and I'm just drinking milk <laughs> with a baby bottle. No, I need to grow up. I need to grow up. And, and we do as well as, as men and women of God. We need to grow up, and the, the most effective method for that is immersing ourselves in God's Word. All right, so I'm going to stop here, and um, we're going to have some time for Q&A as well. We've got Pastor Peter, you can help me out with this. You're actually going to be answering all the questions. Yes, you are. We talked about this. You are the answer man. We've got a mic for you. It's not just me. Let's welcome Pastor Peter up. He'll come when we clap. <laughs> Guys, we just, we just want to provide some time for... He wants to add one thing to the list. Do it. Say it. There's just one thing I'd like to add to the list. And the one thing really is what God is after in the first six. This is what God is after in the first six obey the word of God obey the word of God if you read chapter 15 of John the entire chapter is about bearing fruit bearing fruit remember I am the vine you are the branches I'm the true vine your branches etc etc bear fruit bear fruit bear fruit and especially verse 8 but this is how my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove demonstrate to be my disciples. So let me encourage you in that. None of the above, if you would, I hate to say it this way, is any good in and of itself. God's goal is obedience. Okay. So thank you a lot. Come back next week. No. So what do we know? Taking questions? Any questions out there? You've done that Mr. well. Coe? No one has. Oh, you have a question? Yeah, you would. <coughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> nice. Well, you told me to put that in there. So. <laughs> but that, that sharing and preparing is first for covenant group leaders and then up. Yep, yeah, absolutely. It's all about us. Um, 
on the issue of uh, using commentaries and outside resources to study the word, can you speak to the issue of like um, dangers, pitfalls? How do, how do we make sure we're reading from a source that's appropriate because of different, obviously, theology? For instance, yeah. if you're going to study Acts and you're going to study with somebody who is a cessationist or something like that, you want to be warned beforehand, I guess. Or how do we, what's the process for that, rather than just going online to Amazon and saying, hey, I want to I wanna study from anybody? Yeah, good question. Don't Google it. <laughs> one of the it. things I would do, and one of the things I do do, <coughs> is I rely on the other fellows on staff asking them, what have you found out? What have you discerned? Whom have you depended upon to enlarge the meaning of the scriptures? What commentary? So we'll share with one another, you know, have you read this one? This is great. This is, does this and that. And then within that sharing, there may be, you know, here's a wonderful commentary. You just have to be aware of, and there are prejudices and bias theologically in everyone's writing. We're human beings. And so this may be the John MacArthur commentary on 1 Corinthians. Okay, use it. But be aware of his stand, since you use the word cessationist, which means we don't believe that the Holy Spirit works today in the way that he worked in the days of the apostles through signs and wonders, etc. So when you come to chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, he's going to see it much differently than we would. Uh, and so just be aware of those things. Don't shy away from them. Uh, there's uh, good material in it. Uh, even studying the, uh, the perspective of those with whom we don't agree helps us helps us uh, <clears throat> to understand maybe something we didn't have understanding with enlarges our uh, hopefully uh, understanding and uh, standing in the word drives us to the word more so we do it that way one of the primary things we always need to do is who is the author read his background where was he trained what is his uh, theological bent is he a reformed theologian is he Arminian is he a Jehovah's Witness you know what is he who is he what is his background uh, and then maybe even share with others and have you read such such I have what you know I think that kind of a thing helps us yep I would agree with that and I think can I ask your covenant group leader if you think he or she would recommend or a resource and or ask one of the pastors uh, we're, we're here for that to give uh, our, our thoughts and opinion and share insight into what we know about the, the commentator and, and the book itself. Um, usually we'll provide a resource in the, in the bookstore as well for you just ahead of time before we start a new book in the Bible, um, showing you a, a good resource you can, good commentary you can buy and, and read along with it. I think one of, one of the pitfalls would be uh, you open up your Bible, you read a passage, and you don't really understand it, so you immediately open up the commentary and say, what does this say? Um, I, I would just encourage you to be hesitant with that. God, God has given us his word, and it's clear. Uh, it, it's sufficient, and it, it, will, it, will, it will speak to you. So I would encourage you to really seek to gain the meaning of the text before you open the commentary. The commentary is great. It'll, it'll provide... A, um, Right thoughts can either, either affirm uh, what your thoughts were, or it'll adjust them either way, but don't, don't miss out on gaining the, the understanding on your own and doing the hard work. It's, it's a rich practice. Okay.
what we're doing? <clears throat> what we're doing right now, or do you want us to share it right now? I know, it's Go for it. I was first last time, you first time. Okay. Yes, um, thanks for asking. Um, I think anytime you, you open this and read it, it's a win. Um, so I, I would just encourage you to seek to do that every day. And I, I'm seeking to do that every day. And I'm actually using this in terms of just a reading the Bible, getting a broad scope of all of Scripture. There's a built-in Bible reading plan, as I said. So I, I'm, I, I get pretty tired at night, usually around 9.30, 10 o'clock, sad. Um, so morning times are better for me. And uh, I'll set a time and a place, got a place in my, my house, my garage, and um, I'll, I'll go through this uh, Bible reading plan in terms of just reading it. Um, and you know, being the pastor, I'm, I'm doing a lot of work in God's word. And so I, I really, I use that time to feed my soul as well. Um, I want to be affected by God's word before I, I seek to transfer that or teach that. So, man, thank goodness I did some reading this week. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> uh, right now, I, I, have, I typically do, like Jason, my reading, studying, et cetera, in the morning. But over the last several days, I've kind of changed that. And so uh, while Gene is immersed in the Olympics, uh, I, I go on upstairs for a little while and um, begin to read. And so what I've been doing, and this is what I've been doing before, and, and I'll continue this. I think I'm in chapter five, six of 1 Corinthians, reading the chapter, and then doing what he said to do, uh, having a notebook, and then rewriting or summarizing what the chapter was about, what Paul's emphasis was about. In fact, Jason and I talked about this during the week when he had a particular passage for this morning for communion. Uh, we talked about, yeah, that's good. Know what chapters are about. Look at Ephesians. What is chapter 3 about? What is chapter 2 about in Titus? What We should kind of have some large concepts of uh, what the apostles and what the uh, gospels are all about in these various chapters, or at least how they flow and how they're relating to one another. So that's what, I'm, that's what I am doing and have been doing for a little while. And then I take all of that that I've put together in my notebook by hand <clears throat> and then I put it into my computer and you know have it chapter by chapter Genesis whatever so so when I go back and reread those other books I then will look at my review reread it and then correct the review if I need to or whatever and I would just add I think my goal <clears throat> when I'm reading scripture is to make my soul happy in the Lord um, I want to walk away from the Bible saying I'm, I'm happy in God, I'm trusting him. And often uh, I, don't, I don't get through all four chapters that this lays out. Some days I do, some days I don't. I just pick back up where I left off. The goal is not necessarily to check off every single chapter. It's, it's for me, it's to find myself happy in the Lord and content in the Lord. And so often I'll find a, a word, as I mentioned earlier, a phrase, just that, man, that, that word or phrase carries with it um, some weight in my soul that I want to I want to use to pray through throughout the day to the Lord or uh, think on deeply one other comment when you read the epistles uh, read it and not only try to 
get a hold of what this man is saying to the church and the reason he's saying this out. But as I read last night, Paul is dealing with the uh, issue of fornication in the church in chapter 5 of 1 Corinthians. And you read that, okay, people are going to do this, you know, put him out, say it's in the flesh, we can move along. Uh, stop for a moment and try to sense what Paul is feeling. Why is he feeling that? And are we feeling the same way about issues in our lives and in the church? Rather than just reading through, get the information and move along. Because this is instructive for me and, and for us to be conformed to the image of Christ in Romans 8.29 is to get into the lives of these men and feel some way by the Spirit's ability what they're feeling and why they're feeling it, how they're handling themselves and how they're relating to the church. reading the Bible and we're talking about listening to the message from our pastors and how important we think it is that we spend more time focused on the, on the food that we're getting from our pastors instead of spending a lot more time eating other pastors or other preachers stuff you know, for the purposes of why we're in this particular local body. That's you, man. <coughs> want to hear you I would think it this way I think it's always safer and hopefully safer in a number of different ways and you're going to chuckle with this but it's really safer in a number of ways to make sure that the major eating and nourishment that I gain is because of my wife's cooking rather than me eating a little bit of that and running over here, running over there, running over there. I, I think there's a relationship that God puts us in a place. And if we're listening to him and obedient to him, that we begin to receive our main meals, if you would, from the place where God places us. So eat your mama's food, eat your wife's food. It's okay to go elsewhere and eat some of the other things. But again, we always have to be careful. What does that pastor have in mind when he says one, two, three? What is his uh, uh, theological bent? Now, last week, Keith mentioned from the pulpit Joel Osteen. <coughs> now, I don't know if there are any members of the church who regularly, regularly listen to Joel Osteen. I don't know that. I'm not asking for hands. But if that's the case, and we would understand from what we understand of the word of God and what he preaches and how well we feel he is or is not connected with uh, uh, orthodox theology, that that would not be good. That would not be good. And so if you're listening to others and you're not sure, ask us. Now, if you ask me, most of the time I'm going to tell you I don't know because I really don't know anyone out there. It's not a deprecation of them. I just don't know. But at least ask us and be careful what you receive. Also, remember the Bereans in chapter 17, 18, which, which chapter was it? 17 of Acts. What did they do when Paul preached? They were more noble than the rest. And what did they do? They searched the scriptures to see whether these things were so. So they took the word, even from the pastor, went to the Bible, 
and, and looked at it and gleaned and whatever. And if you're in disagreement or questions, I'm not sure about that, do you think? Come and ask. We're okay for you to ask. We want you to ask. Exactly. And I think, I yeah. think that's an important, uh, yeah, I think that's an important aspect of gathering together corporately as a church to the preaching of the word from your pastor. Uh, I, I would view it not as really competing. I would view it more as just this is enhancing uh, your, your Christian life. I wouldn't see it as the primary source of you actively listening to the Bible. Um, just like commentary shouldn't be the primary source of your Bible study. Um, I don't think that listening to sermons from a pastor who doesn't know you um, with by yourself or not with people that are represented here at Lakeview shouldn't be the primary source of you actively listening to the Bible. I think it can enhance it, certainly. I mean, obviously, God's gifted the universal body of Christ with really gifted teachers and, and Bible scholars and men who can teach and preach. I just wouldn't view that time as, okay, this counts for Sunday. Um, I wouldn't view that time as... Um, my primary means of, of listening to the word. There's something that happens when you're face to face, when you're there gathered with the body. That's a means of grace that you just don't experience uh, looking at a computer screen. Nonetheless, looking at the computer screen and listening to other men is, is a helpful practice, just like reading other commentaries. Um, but just don't, just don't hold it on the same level, you know? And don't misunderstand. We're not deprecating others. No. Uh, we would say, listen to C.J. Mahaney's sermons, but we would not say, listen to them with the same frequency, with the same uh, passion, with the same submission, et cetera, than listen to what God has to say to this church through the pastors here. And this is not an elevation of us. It's an aspect of the way God ministers. I don't believe any of us on staff preach like that man, but then, even though we may not think that, God's anointing and power will be hopefully through the local ministering staff for us. And so even though we like so-and-so and the way he says it, the anointing and power and the effectiveness and application of God's spirit for us through that word may not be the same and typically would not be the same as it would be for us who are gathered together as his family at this church at this time. Questions? That was fast. Current Bible plan I'm using uh, utilizes the English standard, standard version. Uh, although they offer about 40 to 45 different versions, do you two have an opinion on some versions that you think would be really good to use, or contrarily, yeah, those that, that wouldn't be good for us? What versions? I think, I think knowing yourself is so helpful when it comes to identifying a Bible reading plan. Um, and there are a variety out there that would match each of our dispositions and personalities. And um, I mean, there, there's one Bible reading plan that has you reading through 10 chapters a day. Do you know yourself well enough to say that you can or cannot read through 10 chapters a day? If you can't, don't pick it up. It's okay. It um, doesn't make you a better Christian if you can do that. 
but I think God cares about our heart and our desire to want to read his word. This is just a tool to facilitate that. I, so I think my recommendation is, is kind of figure out um, what would best help you get through the Bible. Is it two chapters? Is it one chapter a day? Um, is it just picking up and starting in a book and making your own plan to get through it? I would just encourage you, get, try to get through it. Try to create something where you can get through it. Um, so that would be... Well, I think, I think what you're asking, I'm not sure if Jason caught it all. Probably didn't. But it's okay. I may have not caught it. What version do you think? Uh, uh, we don't have an aversion against most versions. <coughs> and I say that. So ESV would be an excellent one. Uh, NAS New American Standard would be another excellent one. NIV New International Version would be an excellent one. Those three probably would be the top three that we would recommend. And we use ESV publicly, although I use personally NAS New American Standard. I've been using it for 40 years. Uh, it just really, you know, you get settled in one. They're all three very good ones. Now, there are some things we have to be very careful about. There are some very modern additions that take too much freedom with the Word of God. The New English Bible, which I started reading in 1961 when it first came out, takes a lot of, a lot of liberty and translates certain key issues such as <clears throat> propitiation and expiation, you know, the whole issue of, of dealing with God's wrath and the atonement and et cetera. They take those kinds of uh, very important issues doctrinally and change them with the terminology and soften them and, and move the emphasis in another direction. So if you're interested in looking at these, take two or three versions, read the chapter or the passage if you have time, and read it at least in the ESV and NAS and maybe the NIV. And if you want to go to another one, then compare it. And where you see major differences or, you know, significant, then maybe that would be something to look into and to study further or whatever. But of the three, ESV, NAS, or NIV. And overall, I think we would say and recommend English Standard Version, the ESV. Were you asking what Bible version or what? Oh, I totally missed that. That's I'm okay. Sorry. I've missed things. That's fine. I missed something 25 years ago. But <laughs> one more question. Anyone else? One more? Well, let me, if you don't mind, summarize. And first of all, thank you to Jason and Evan. It's, it's great to be on staff with other guys who can teach and take the responsibility. I don't mind doing it every week, week after week. I love this, but it's also a good thing to share. So we're thankful for that. Uh, we will begin on March 16th a new study in the New Testament book of, and we'll be teaching it. We'll start with Philemon, 25 verses, and Bill Treby will be teaching this. Many of you have never heard Bill Treby teach. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Let me say this. You need to be encouraged to be here, and you need to be encouraged to ask others to come. Uh, Bill is an excellent teacher. Read Philemon's 25 verses. I would recommend you read it over and over and over again, so by the time you get here, you know this little letter of Paul to this man named Philemon, and you've understood some of the issues. So when Bill begins, 
you'll already have a lot under your belt. You don't have to try to play catch up. Okay? Let me make one last one more. closing uh, suggestion on just some spiritual disciplines, some helpful books. I've got four here by Don Whitney. You've heard me reference him. I've got them up here if you want to look at them. Spiritual Disciplines Within the Church. Uh, spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. Ten Questions to Diagnose Your Spiritual Health. And uh, you'll love this one, Simplify Your Spiritual Life. Uh, spiritual Disciplines for the Overwhelmed. So these are up here for you to reference, guys. Thanks so much for coming out and making it a priority to be here.